the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my mommy and her friends on Trails and Testimonies. Come on, y'all. Let's go. Welcome to Trails and Testimonies. My name is Kim Fitz. You can follow me on Instagram or you can follow Trails and Testimonies on Facebook. And I cannot wait once all of this is over we're going to hike together. I just know it. We will get our trails back. And I think a lot of our testimonies right now are being built as we speak. The world is just in a way. But trails and testimonies, that's proof that we don't have to know the way. Even though I sure love knowing what I'm doing and being in control, it's just not the way it is. And I don't have to know the way. We don't have to know the way because we know the one who made the way. So we may not be able to hike our favorite trails right now, but what we can do is rewind a few weeks ago and hike together at Sweetwater Creek State Park with our friend Crystal Eves. She was a single mom for 14 and a half years, a woman full of scars and insecurities. But we have the beautiful honor of sitting on a bridge at Sweetwater Creek State Park and chatting with her about just that. And the wild thing is, and it just so relates to today, is that that bridge wouldn't be here had there not been a flood. Do you remember the floods in 2008? It wiped out so much. And it just speaks about life right now. And had there not been that flood, sad and it unfortunately happened and tore the old bridge completely apart. But they built the new one. And they built it on top of the structure that was actually made pre-Civil War, right before the Civil War. So I just know the good Lord is going to bring us through all of this chaos. And I don't want it to sound like I'm diminishing what's going on right now. It is huge and it is heartbreaking. But I know the one that will make a beautiful bridge out of all of this. And we will cross it and we will come together and we will hike together. So let's rewind and chat with Crystal from a couple of weeks ago as we can't hike right now. So stay inside, stay on your backyard, and we'll connect together on Instagram or on Facebook for Trails and Testimonies. One thing about this is that it, this is, it's not about me. You know, this is a story of God. This is his story. And this is a story of how he is victorious always, even in the darkest of darks, he will always shine a light and he will always make good for it. And this is just not about me. This is not about you getting to know who I am. This is a story of how God revealed to me who he is. I believe insecurities within ourselves are a lack of identity, not knowing who we are in Jesus or we would know how valuable and beautiful and incredible we are at our core. 
it's when we get so caught up in making it more about ourselves than what it's really about. And I cared more about what other people thought of me. And that was a drive for me and trying to please people. And as we know, we can never please everyone. I honestly still struggle with that sometimes, especially as I launch the podcast. Mm -hmm. I want it to be perfect. Yeah. And perfectionism will tear you down. And it takes constant reminders from God's word to keep my focus in the right place. I came to know Jesus at a young age and I was baptized at eight years old. I was a cheerleader. I was a dancer. I was a pageant winner. I was all of these things. And I was always told growing up that I was beautiful. But what I hid well was that underneath the surface, I never really believed it. I started seeing a guy. I didn't understand what boundaries were at the time. I didn't know that I could speak out for myself. This relationship was not healthy at all. And I believed firmly that we teach people how to treat us we were young and that was the maturity was lacking and so and so was the respect but this went on and it went on and on for years and I graduated high school and thankfully this relationship kind of lost its fizzle and suddenly this newfound freedom I stepped out I am in college now and college is fun and friends are fun and I got my own apartment I had a full-time job I'm all groany and stuff now you're groany (laughs) I call it my my BC days, my before Christ days. I didn't make the best choices, but eventually in my full-time job, um, I was working for Bell South Mobility at the time. One day, a friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, her neighbor came in to the store and he was very tall, very good looking. And we immediately caught eyes and she invited me that weekend to come to a cookout. And she said, by the way, that's JD. And he has asked me to invite you. Not that I wouldn't have anyways, but he and I just immediately hit it off. And we were just in step from that day forward. We were just inseparable. So the more that we would hang out, we love to get together with our we had a little group of neighbors that we partied with and it just got to be honestly to a point where I felt like I knew I knew deep down it was excessive but at the same time what was I going to do about that I couldn't control the situation and if I removed myself from the situation then it meant having to remove myself away from him or it was a fear of being alone it was a fear of being rejected or even or making someone else feel like they were rejected but three months later I was pregnant So the party stopped for me immediately, and um, it didn't for him, and it continued. And I was, at that point, now the reject because I couldn't participate. I was very sick for the whole—I didn't have morning sickness. I had all-day sickness for almost the whole pregnancy. I had a very difficult pregnancy with Cody. Um, That's my oldest son. I gave birth. That's just a miracle story in itself. I will— tell you quickly that they were the doctors were having trouble clotting my blood I I was continuously bleeding after I gave birth to Cody they were ordering blood transfusions um, and I was slipping that's when my mom and dad brought our pastor in and my family and they all stood around my bed and all laid hands on me and prayed and immediately the bleeding stopped it was um that was a hard experience but obviously two days later the victory was wonderful (laughs) waking to see that sweet little baby's face and how old is he now he's 20 now and when he was five he would tell you if you asked him what his name was he would tell you well my name is john dakota and then he'd hold his little hand out and say but now they call me cody (laughs) (laughs) so um so my little cody and uh came into this world and he was just a blessing 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 from day one obviously all babies are but he was just something special I felt like in my heart I needed to do the right thing I felt like marriage would solve all of our issues I felt like that if I did 
what I felt like would make God happy if we got married, then the disrespect would stop. And it did not improve. It actually began to get worse. Again, I didn't have a voice and I didn't set my, my boundaries and I didn't, I didn't respect myself. Several, several months later, I became pregnant with Jacob. And I remember the day I was loading my car because the disrespect had gotten to a level that was just no longer acceptable. And I was loading my car and I was going to stay with my parents. And that's when I started feeling horrifically sick. Immediately, because it had not been that long, I immediately recognized that feeling. Sure enough, I was pregnant with Jacob. So I um, unloaded my car. I guess I kind of emotionally checked out because I just decided I was going to enjoy this pregnancy. Tried to just stay out of his way and let him be. With Jacob, all the problems that I had with Cody, yet another miracle story in this is that I was told that I needed to eliminate that pregnancy with Jacob because I'd had so many complications with Cody. If I carried Jacob full term, that I had a 50% chance of not miscarrying. The other 50% that I kept him of him not being a vegetable. So they wanted me to eliminate that pregnancy, and I just refused. I said, I I don't. At this point, I I can't. I just decided that I was going to pray for the entire thing, and I told the doctors that I knew the ultimate physician and that I was going to keep this pregnancy. And I carried him full term. He was out in 20 minutes, just a textbook delivery, and he is now my genius honor student. IB student going into the Marines, there is an ultimate physician and the doctors give their best advice, but it's always what's in your heart that you have to go by. My husband at the time, his drinking became worse. His disrespect became worse. And so of course, my self-esteem just became non-existent. I felt like a single parent already and I had a baby and I have a, Cody was um, 18 months old when Jacob was born. So I have two little babies and it was totally on me. So I guess you could say the straw that broke the camel's back would be Jacob was around 10 months old. He never slept, therefore neither did I. So I was just asleep on the couch kind of in and out and Jacob was in his bassinet and my husband at the time had been out on the porch all night long just having a night to himself. He comes in around three in the morning. The disrespect that I had been shown up to that point crossed a physical line and that night turned into us leaving. I took my boys and we left and we went to my mother's and that was the last night I was ever with him. It was a decision that I had been coming on for a while, and I had tried to pray and pray and pray, and I just didn't want to make that decision. But I knew the minute I left, the peace that I felt was God putting his arms around me. I knew that I had safety in his arms, and it was just a place that I was going to stay. So then you fast forward months later, and a girlfriend of mine invited me to go out one night. I had not been out of the house since before Cody. And so I went. Of course, the next day, it was a... um, a decision I was not happy with. And I went into um, what I now kind of refer to as my post-divorce wild phase, which is not a time that I am proud of. I didn't even realize how starved for attention I really was, but it wasn't the attention that I was seeking as much as it was the the affirmations. And Um, what you really needed to hear and feel and know was God's love. It was a love. The void that was inside of me and that had always been inside of me was a lack of God. 
And it was me looking to other individuals to fill that void. And my happiness and my sense of security and my my self-worth was it centered around someone else's opinion and someone else's treatment of me. And they will never properly fill that void. No, they were quite the opposite to that point. One person came into the picture who was funny and we again I'm sure you'll start to see a pattern here we had something in common (laughs) it was the constant party it was just me living a very selfish life within myself of feeling like I had just been deprived and because I was so wrapped up in my head and wrapped up in feelings of a victim mentality I found ways to numb that because I had developed such close friendships with a lot of people who were in that environment um, when in Rome, do as the Romans, I just became so wrapped up in that and I didn't know a way out because I didn't have friends outside of that. And I had a hard time being alone. That was just a scary place for me. The one thing that I had despised in my previous, my marriage is the one thing I became. And I thankfully, again, I, I still praise God to this day. I had my parents who were right there on hand. And, you know, my boys and I, all three, spent majority of our time there with them. I'm thankful that they were there to constantly be that, even if I wasn't willing to listen at the time, they were that wisdom. And they were that encouragement for me to go a different way. So during all of this time, I finally, you know, I moved into an apartment. I had a new boyfriend. That relationship was no better than any of the others. Again, because I had just set a standard right out of the hangar for the fun, the party, the lack of respect, because what it all boils down to is the one common denominator, I guess you could say, in all of these relationships was a a lack of respect for myself. God was not on any of the dates that I went on. God was not in any of the environments that I hung out in. In a relationship, he is the foundation. He and is. that is how you build a healthy relationship on top of that. And it, it took me a long time to learn that too. And there's a reason for God's equation, which is to love him first. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how could you ever love your neighbor or expect them to love you the way you want to be loved if you don't first love yourself. I opened myself up to be mistreated because I never told them otherwise. I never told them I wasn't allowed. Um, Because of those mistakes that I had made, I had just built up so much guilt. I was in a very, very dark place. I would say the night that was the the beginning of a turning point for me was a night that I had um, a really big argument with the boyfriend at the time, the unhealthy relationship that had just been going on for years and years and years and years and years and years, eight total. I, um, I took an attempt on my own life and it was in a moment that I just, I made a really bad decision and no sooner did I make that bad decision, it flashed in my mind, what have I done? What mother does this? Who am I? Where's God? And that was the epiphany that I realized. And that goes back to us sitting on the bridge. The flood here took place in 2008. And it wiped out the bridge. And, oh. God will make something out of the horrible. And he will have a purpose from it and turn it into something beautiful. 
he'll create a message from the mess. Yes. And that's what he did. And in that moment, I knew something had to change. I knew something had to change. I didn't hear God's voice at the time. That's when I began to hear it. But it was, it's like when your radio is trying to come back into focus, when it's all the static and you can barely hear a radio and you know you're starting to come back into civilization when you can start hearing them. And you start driving in the right direction. Exactly. So I wish I could say I reached the destination in that moment. That was the beginning. So the next days, the next weeks came and went and I looked myself in the mirror one day and I didn't recognize my reflection. I remember it wasn't this loud, booming voice from above. It wasn't audible at all, but I heard in my heart this is not who you were created to be. This is not what you were made for. And you were made for greater than this. And I just, and I know that sounds so scripted, but it really is the exact message I heard in my heart. But the key part to that, what I heard in that moment was there's more to me as an I, there's more to me than this. And the message I know today was him saying, there's more to him. There's more to me. It was his voice. There's more to me than this. And that was where my journey, the real journey I say began because I made one more mistake. I decided one night to end things with the guy that led to a really big argument and it led to me leaving. I should not have left. I should not have been driving, but I was. And I left to go to, there was a a bar at the road where I knew a friend of mine was. And I knew that I could go and I could get her and stay with her that night. And as I'm pulling in the parking lot, there were blue lights behind me. And I was pulled over. And that's the night that I got uh, a DUI. But sitting in the police car that night, the policeman was outside of the car. He had a ride along that night. And the ride along was in the front seat. The ride along and I had a really long conversation. We're at the top of the parking lot facing this building. One end of the building is a bar, and the other end of the building is a church. (laughs) I kind of gave him the Cliff Notes version of my life story and where I was and what had gotten me to this point, and that I just wanted change. Something had to give, and I knew that God needed me to take that step. I just didn't know where to go, where to start. And he (laughs) points, he says, well, you need to get back in church. Just pick one. And he points to that one. He says, how about this one? And I, for that, that resonated with me that coming Sunday, I went to church and it was Crossroads Church in Douglasville and it became my home church. I became a regular attender. They were asking for volunteers in the front office. They needed a front office volunteer. I immediately responded. I knew it was an environment I wanted to be in. I knew I knew that when I went, it felt positive. It felt, for lack of a better word, it just felt clean. The environments I had been used to just didn't, it, everything just felt muddy And this felt welcoming and it was positive and it was a a clean environment. It felt like, and I knew I wanted more of that. And I knew I needed to surround myself and my boys with more of that. And so we started going to Crossroads. And as soon as I got the email to volunteer in the front office, I immediately responded with my yes. But no sooner did I hit the send button, I was under absolute attack with, are you serious? You're going to be the the first face they see. You're going to be the first voice that they hear you. You are going to be that. Do you realize what they're going to think, what they're going to say, if they ever know where you've been? I immediately went on to to give them my excuse why I changed my mind. And before I could even renege my yes, um, I had an email that said, we'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) There's uh, no way out of that one. There was no way out of that one. I started volunteering at Crossroads once a week, four hours a day. I was the first face of Crossroads Church. And I remember just feeling so much, almost paranoia, 
And I remember one day finally telling the office girls, I guess I kind of gave my mini testimony. I just told them kind of what I had been through. And I told them that that I had such fear with coming on board with them because I was so afraid that that was going to all come out and they would reject me and they wouldn't want me to be there. I remember one of the ladies, she said, Crystal, we already knew that. We already knew all of that. And I had no idea they knew. And they didn't know that I didn't know. It just was never anything that was an issue. It was never spoken. It was so welcoming. And it was it truly was come as you are. From that point forward, that led to a staffing position. I went on staff with Crossroads. From the staffing position, I started at Point University. I decided that I was going to pursue a career in ministry. So one day, and it was a spring afternoon and it was really pretty, I decided to visit a place I had not visited since my childhood. And um, I decided that I was going to go to Sweetwater Creek State Park. And so I started hiking every single day. I started going back almost daily and I would just pray and I would just walk and I would talk with God and I would pray. And I got to a point where I started noticing more and more couples and holding hands. And I just started feeling so just, again, just so jaded. Like I just, why can't I have that? And again, it's that still small voice that said, you do deserve that. And I just realized that I can have that because I'm a visual learner, I had to envision, I looked down and I said, you know, Jesus, hold my hand. And I put my keys in my phone in my left hand. I looked down and I could truly envision him holding my hand and us holding hands. And I walked like that the entire rest of the day, the entire rest of the trail. And we just walked and we hiked and talked and laughed and cried and just every emotion just ran the gamut. And I just realized What I had always been searching for was him. And I didn't have to settle for anything less. This became your therapy. It was part of your recovery. It was. I didn't realize how well fitted my mask had been for so many years until hiking with him and, and allowing myself to finally just freely feel and to feel that emotion. And we hiked and we hiked. And the more I asked him that day, I asked him to please just pull out anything in me that you want to address. Pull out anything in me that you know is holding me back. It got really hard for a while. I remember the day that finally I just wore his ear out for months and it was on this bridge standing right there looking over that rail and I just all of a sudden I realized I didn't have anything else to say. As Forrest Gump says, that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) But at that point is when I heard God and he said, now it's my turn. And from that point forward, I started listening. I started reading his word daily. And I encourage anyone, gosh, the Bible is such an overwhelming book. It was so confusing that I would just put it down. I just, I couldn't, I just didn't really know. But I just decided I was not going to put this down this time. I didn't care how confused I got. I'm going to read his word every single day. My daddy told me to flip a page, read a page, page from left to right, and then flip the page, find a stopping point and pick up the next day where you left off. And I started doing that. You know, it might be a week later, something that didn't make sense one day that I was reading, something would happen in my life and that verse would come to mind. And it was such an incredible feeling because I would all of a sudden that, you know, the aha moment, 
that's what I was reading last week. You know, that's what I was reading that day. I had no idea what he was talking about. And now it totally fits. But what I realized is just how present God always is in every situation, how present he has always been in every single second of my life in the good, the bad, the ugly. He's always been a presence. In fact, he was even preparing me a week ahead of time before this event. He knew it was coming. He was preparing me in his scripture. So even though I didn't understand it, it didn't mean it wasn't relevant. And so to this day, I still, I come to Sweetwater and I love to just, I pace this bridge. This is, this is actually what we're on right now. It's what I call my prayer bridge. This is where I come when me and God got to get down to business. This is like my sanctuary. This is where I feel his presence surrounding me completely. But something I realized here that I had never gotten anywhere else. I had accepted Jesus when I was a child and I was baptized at eight years old. But it wasn't until I went through everything I went through that I discovered what that truly meant to me. And I didn't discover that until I came here and I completely just opened myself up to him, just real raw emotion and just talked to him as my friend, not just a formality. It is in this place is where I found my personal relationship with Jesus. There is nothing in this world and there are no individuals in this world that could ever fill that void except him. You know, if you ask someone if they had it to do over again, a lot of people will say no, because it was all of those experiences that made me who I am today. It was all of those experiences that made me stronger. I have the strength I have today because of all of those experiences, And I just completely disagree with that. I feel like the strength that I have now was always there. It just took all of those experiences for God to reveal to me just what I was truly made of. To reveal to me what was in there all along. And it was a strength that he gave me. You know, when he knit me together in my mother's womb, he made me strong. I just never tapped into that strength because I let the world tell me otherwise. Ultimately, I let the enemy convince me. Everyone that I that had a part in this was just a tool. It wasn't their fault. And I allowed the enemy to convince me that I was worthless. Now I am surrounded by God's love on a daily basis and even on my bad days and even on days when everything is going wrong and everything is going crazy and even on the days when I look in the mirror and I don't even like what I see sometimes, it doesn't matter because God does. He has shown me that I am beautiful and it's not a beauty that the world would ever acknowledge. We don't think as he thinks and we don't see as he sees. And so, so it was a truth that could only be given to me by him. Fast forward years later and I finally met the man that I had always prayed for. And I now have this amazing miracle baby. Scott had never, he, he had never been married, didn't have kids. I have my two older boys, but I just kind of always prayed for a do-over. Um, and I realize now, you know, we don't really get do-overs, but I have a chance now to do better. We wanted to have one of our own, and I went to my doctor, and I was told that I could no longer have kids. Two weeks later, I was pregnant. So now we have a 19-month-old. <laughs> His name is Ashton, and he is just our little miracle baby. I know this is a bit of a dark story, but it truly is a story of God's redeeming love for me. And yeah, I just really want to encourage everyone to find their sweet water, to find your place where you can really connect with God. And, and you know, I came into these woods carrying a lot of heavy baggage. And there's a story in the Bible, there's of the woman at the well. 
she went to the well in the middle of the day, the hottest part of the day, which was not a time most people will go. But she went to avoid people because she just was carrying that same amount of of shame and guilt and all the things that, you know, I can relate to. Kind of when you go to the grocery store and you're looking your worst and you hope you don't run into anybody you know. Can you imagine if you ran into Jesus? (laughs) She did. And, um, you know, if you've never heard that story, it really is a good read. You know, that's where I was in the woods. I, I truly, I didn't know how deep my well would go. And one by one, he healed them, each one. He truly restored my peace through his love. So I just really want to, again, encourage anyone listening that if you've ever been in a, you know, through a darker time or maybe you're even there now, there is no place too dark for God to reach. There truly is no place too dark for the love of Jesus and his light to shine into. You know, God himself even tells us in his word that nothing can separate you from God's love. And I really never understood that. Jesus will heal you and completely restore you. And all you have to do is ask him. My favorite verse is John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And that is the verse for my life now. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. And that is a good verse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We could end that one. (laughs) I usually have in my book bag that I carry on the hikes with us. I always carry quotes for happy trails to you because at the end of the episode, we like to end it on a happy note. John 1, 5, in addition to a quote, if you will reach your hand in my bag. Oh, this is scary. <laughs> I feel like it's like Halloween. There's no snakes. <laughs> There's no... Uh, the, there the might be like an grapes old... without the skins like at Halloween. <laughs> I'm like, there might be an old... Where am uh, I reaching? An old crayon or a, a car oh, from my son, but... Let's see here. Which one did you get? The quote is... When everything feels like an uphill struggle, just think of the view from the top. That's amazing. So how is the view from up there? (laughs) Remember to subscribe. I guess that's it, guys. Bye then.